from the Metal Cell podcast. I am delighted to welcome Alan and Rim from Lugosi. How are you, lads? All right, Richie. All very good. All present and correct, sir. Thank God. I thought his internet was fucked again. And I've got my co-host as well, Howard. How are you, man? How are you doing? <laughs> good to see everybody. Yeah. Imagine. It's, it's today's Wednesday, is it? Or Tuesday? Who it's fucking Tuesday. Hard to tell. Isn't it hard to tell? For fuck's sake. I know it's not the weekend anyway. So cheers no. anyway, boys, and thanks for coming on the show. Beers. Cheers. What, what year is it? <laughs> we discussed this, Neil. It's Legosi's year. It's it's year. <laughs> you could have picked a better fucking year. Oh, that, yeah, fair. of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking 2020 and 2021. Fucking, you couldn't be more Legosi than that. Pure fucking... <laughs> Which one have you bought the coffin case? That was me, Richie. That was me. Wow. Um, I got a call from uh, Eamon down in uh, Some Neck Guitars, uh, which is like an amazing shop. And he saw it and he went, Yeah, you'll like this. So I went down <laughs> and he even gave me a tenner back for luck. So have you uh, seen yeah, it, it's the shit. It's quite depressing if you walk past the house and see the coffin there, but it's, it, it's amazing. <laughs> I haven't seen it, no, but um, it, it sounds interesting. Pure <laughs> indulgence and fair fucks to you, man. I love it. You know, fucking indulge yourself in these weird fucking times. I think that it's, it's one of the few things we have left is to indulge yourself. So, yeah, I'm all it for is, the... right. Oh, now, the weirder the better. 
you're right, I'm doing the rest of this with my pants off because, you know. <laughs> Does that put pressure on you, Alan, to get one now? Uh, no, just pressure to keep on knocking out killer riffs, you know. <laughs> I can understand okay, so- that, man. <laughs> you look like a man under pressure, and Alan, you do, you do. bro. <laughs> I just tell you, I'm seriously collapsing under the pressure. It just it's so, but it's good to have a challenge in these unchallenged. You, you, you look like Rambo just fucked the man from Del Monte. <laughs> 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 good luck. That's the best compliment I've had ever. Jesus, ever, Alan. <laughs> did you treat yourself at all over the last? Few months. Um, I, Gear I, wise, as much fine dining as I can. Well, I did. I bought a motorbike uh, mm. last year. I've I, I put it off for fucking years. Uh, I've wanted a motorbike my entire life. There was always something fucking else that was just just a priority, you know, for for the cash. Because I've never been swimming in money where I could go buy cars, motorbikes, and various other things, you know. Uh, so, anyways, yeah, last year I just said, fuck it, I'm doing it, I'm getting the bike. Uh, got me lessons done nice and quick over three weekends, and uh, I'll be piss, ter- pissing around Dublin on the bike. Uh, great fucking time. What's your purchase? Just, what make? Uh, 2005 <laughs> Honda CBF 500. So, yeah. uh, it's a nice machine. Okay. Uh, it, it can it can ferry my 19 stone around at a reasonable pace. And, yeah. uh, Useless for getting here, though. <laughs> oh, absolutely. If we have an out of town gig, I'll give Neil my guitar and then I'll stick my pedals in my backpack. Nice. Uh, nice. So we if we have happen. a gig. If we have yeah. a gig, yeah. Um, I, think, I, I think Richie meant had, over lockdown, had you bought the nice gear? For the band, <laughs> like I, I bought, a, I bought a new microwave a few months ago, but I didn't. <laughs> Context is very important, Harry. I think so. I'm gonna put Legosi emblems and stuff on the motorbike. It's gonna be, you know. So, if you see the motorbike coming to your town soon, I did that to my microwave already. <laughs> As I smell a music video, a microwave and a motorbike sounds like a perfect match, you know. <laughs> Oh, uh, you want the credit for that? You can't. You're not going to get it because I thought that shit up. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. no, well, I, actually, I've myself a bit of gear for the band. Uh, I got a radio uh, cable for a radio rig for the for the guitar. So now, when I'm getting off stage, Aye. I'm not. You know, we generally get off stage. Or, or me, I do anyway, and Neil does, and and, and JM. Uh, we spend a lot of time off stage, so now I'm not limited. To people. 20 feet of my uh, my guitar cable, and uh, not worried about getting cables pulled out either. So yeah, I'll be, I bought I'll be one myself about three years ago, and it was it's by far the best thing I've ever bought. Yeah, those radios. Yeah. It's just it, it, that tangled stuff and just being able ever? to walk around the place. It's amazing. <laughs> it is, yeah. um, it's the best thing you've ever bought. <laughs> ever, ever. And I, I, I mean have that. to get one of these. Ever. These things are just like <laughs> life changing. Have to get like, one. Oh, they're so simple. Go in, you set up, walk around, go for a little wander. None of this tangling around your leg or pulling the fucking lead out. Oh. I did. Uh, I did one gig. I automatically think of a uh, spinal top. Spinal <laughs> yeah. top. Get them and uh, the fucking. They keep on picking up the taxi drivers and shit. <laughs> that hasn't happened yet. Have you picked with... up? Have you picked up in uh, fucking? Yeah. <laughs> 
That's it for you there, lads. <laughs> I had one gig in Ballina, and uh, the stage is right beside the toilets. So during a, a stage of the song, I, I followed a lady into the bathroom for the guitar solo. <laughs> Jesus and, uh, Christ. The crowd loved it. And as did the girl, the girl was yeah. just standing there. Well, she was kind of dancing at the same time, but she was laughing and watching the, this guitar solo happen with this strange man in the bathroom. So I'm doing, I'm doing a lot more of that now with the radio rig, for sure. <laughs> so you see a lot more of you in women's bathrooms around the country. <laughs> <laughs> it, it coincided with Alan buying that video, Mike, where the Me Too movement kicked in. Just <laughs> <laughs> random guys following you in the toilets with a Les Paul. It's not Me Too, it's, it's She Too. The, the victims won't talk about it. They're way too ashamed. Someone else has to go, he was in the jacks with her. You know? So it's the new, the new She Too movement. Yeah, I saw Nirvana in Cork. He had one of those, when the gig finished, he disappeared into Shander's nightclub. So there was yeah. like, the two doors swung open and Kurt went in and there was just this fucking couple, disco dancing. We were all up the front fucking soaked and this couple just looked and the door shut. Like, <laughs> that was the end of Kurt, but you could hear the guitar still inside and he was trying to play Jesus the fucking... Jesus Christ. I think it might have been the Bee Gees, so he was trying to play that on the guitar and that's how the Nirvana gig ended in Sir Henry's and Garkman. Oh, <laughs> I went to see Supergrass in Wembley in the conference hall in like 2001, 2002, mm. something like that. Halfway through the gig, they walk off stage and they were getting filmed and they all were wireless. They get into a limo at the back of the hall. They drive around the block <laughs> and then come back onto the stage. Fuck me. <laughs> Just pretty, pretty sweet. There, Neil, remember we went to see, uh, this is not a street story, but it's an off the stage story. Remember we went to see Baby Godzilla? How fucking good was that? Have, have, you, have you two lads seen Baby Godzilla? No, or heard? They're fucking amazing. They were just they've changed their names since then. Have they? Yeah, they've changed their names since then. Go on, what are they? What, um, what kind of style yeah, of music? They were savage bands. More, it's a like hardcore, going to be very heavy, and uh, they the all their all their gear. They, they they make their own their equipment. Basically, they're 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 constantly destroying their equipment. <laughs> so uh, they, they cannibalize guitar necks and and fucking yeah. drum shells and and all kinds of stuff from all over the place, and. Uh, they do the gig and the, the guitar player's off stage fucking straight away. He's down there. He's in the middle of the fucking crowd giving it socks and they're loving it. Singer comes down and joins him. Uh, and there's this interchange with the, the the front guys, you know what I mean, coming on and off stage. And then at the end of the fucking gig, uh, the drummer comes off stage. They moved the entire drum kit. What? <laughs> they, start tr uh, they threw their fucking cabs off the stage. They brought their own, thank God, because... Um, JC wouldn't be putting up with that and uh, Fibbers. Um, and they destroyed the cabs and they're smashing the cabs into the guitars. They're, they're smashing Jesus the skins on, on the drums. Eventually, there's just a singer screaming. Uh, I think the guitar was still plugged in and it was just on the ground and he was dancing on it. And the drummer only had his, his snare drum left. The drummer had a ripped, a ripped snare left and he was hitting that. But they still <laughs> sounded good. <laughs> Neil, did somebody run up and they put their fucking foot through his last drum and that was the end of the gig fuck <laughs> me yes they did let's check them out baby Godzilla and it wasn't me yeah. where are they from lads they were they they they, they, show, they, they they're from the UK they, they shone very brightly they were featured in Kerrang a few times 
and um, they uh, they changed their name after that. They're, they're, what's that song they had? Well, if you just uh, stick Baby Godzilla into YouTube, mm-hmm. the videos will come up. But they're savage band, absolutely savage. I suppose we better talk about your band, lads. You know, <laughs> it's that kind of show, don't it? You know, we'll disappear down a few rabbit holes, man. And there's nothing planned, but. You've been together for five years, is that right? Around that time? Neil, when was the uh, original concept? Yep. Put the band together. So okay, so how did you all meet up? I live in Inchicore. It's real dull yeah. Ten doors down from me is is uh, yeah, is my mate, JM. Hmm. Um, and he was in a band, I have a band. And and, we... and where's where's JM from? <laughs> Inchicore. He's from it's... Sligo. Ah, the accent. Fuck it, I apparently guessed. <laughs> yeah. No, he's from he's from uh, J JM is from uh JM is from a place called Fisher's Island off the coast of New York. And he was living here and he has a, a like a kind of jazzy He's American? Yeah, I know, I know. Oh I hate my I, God. do you know what annoys me is when he sings he tries to sound Irish, which <laughs> really gets does, my man. wick. Yeah, How dare he like <laughs> you know, really annoying those fucking American singers that have an American <laughs> accent, man. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of yeah, Americans accent, coming on. over here singing in their own accents <laughs> with their nylon <laughs> stockings and their cheap appropriating our language. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trying to trying to be trying to blend into the local culture and then getting slated for it. <laughs> Going for that American accent dollar, you know. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck it. Okay, so yeah, exactly. They've picked up on it, probably. <laughs> James, a dear friend of mine, and I play. I I also play a bit of jazz and a bit of stuff. He plays a bit of bluesy stuff, and we had two bands that would just be playing all all around town. And I said to him, drunkenly years ago, we should do something kind of punky, kind of rock metal type thing. And he was totally into it. And um, we were going to get a guy called Tim Fernie, who plays bass with Queen or uh, Queensrÿche. Well. The version of Queen's Rag that uh, your man has going now, um, hmm. but Tim ended up moving to the states, and he was going to play bass. So I thought I'll play bass. Jam can do a bit of singing. We need a guitarist, and I have known Alan for like since I moved to Dublin from Belfast for like fifteen years, and I know he was he was dynamite. And we thought we'd do something cool. Well, I say dynamite. He's like bluesy dynamite. He's not like an invade. Dynamite, yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean? But he's <laughs> he's savage, and it was just gonna it was just gonna work. So I had to show him, I had to show him some kind of stoner riffage and some kind of kind of stuff, and I just pushed him like a, a young child into the into the, the world, and he's blossomed. Look at him! Look at him! <laughs> It's all true. I wish I could deny any of that, but uh... <laughs> for once you're quite hard. Classic. <laughs> and Alan, were you into that music anyway, or like, what's your background? Is it blues? Yeah, yeah, kind of blues rock. I, I've always I've liked all kinds of music, but yeah, mm. my my two loves, yeah. uh, three loves, hard rock, metal, and and blues. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so we ended up doing, uh, when I joined the band with Neil um, and, and JM, we ended up doing uh, Misfits covers and uh, Clutch covers. Ah, okay. That, that for me was very challenging because, you know yourself, the blues is straightforward. You have your 12-bar your blues set up. Yeah. But next all, it's, it's fucking Misfits, and you, you do your, your, your A section four times, 
the first time and you do it three times the second time and then you do it five times or not at all ever again it's, it was all over the fucking place <laughs> and then and that for me was weird uh, and then exactly the same with uh, Clutch they, they don't they don't have a solid structure you know so uh, that was that was a good education for me and mm. uh, also very riffy um, really love Clutch from, from the start uh, hearing them that is so up my fucking alley musically mm. Uh, love Neil Fallon's voice, love the, vo- the lyrics, uh, the music backing it up. It's just that's 100% good for me. So, yeah. So, really and enjoyed it's not, it. It's not a million miles off the blues anyway, if anything. Yeah, well, no, yeah. no not particularly, I don't think. Hmm. Not so much in structure, although blues can be fairly loose as well. But anyway, um, but yeah, yeah, the, the, the fundamentals of it, yeah, hmm. it's uh, yeah, bluesy, blues rock. So uh, the band that came to mind when I was listening was um, Silent Green. I don't know if you've ever heard those guys. They had a, they had a, a couple of hits there in the nineties. Um, Three Little Pigs was their was their ninety six hit or something like that. Oh. And it, it reminded me very much of when I first listened to you there when Richie sent me the link. Oh, War, it was like it? This, this kind of uh, storytelling the- style. You know, kind of tongue in cheek storytelling yeah. style and this groove. Green jelly, green, green jelly. jelly, green jelly. Yes. There you go. There you go. Fuck yeah, yeah. I remember I remember those lads. I remember those guys. It was the, the yeah, first thing that came to mind when I just during the week. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> they were they were total one hit wonder, weren't they? Totally. Three yeah, little pigs. In a decent um, enough album, but Three Little Pigs was by far the standout track, you know. Hopefully we're not that much fucking like yeah, it, it was um <laughs> You've progressed further than that anyway. You're, you're it, going it, good. it was around <laughs> the same it's a compliment, it totally is, you know. It was around the same time as uh, that United States of Whatever yes, single, yes. which is like one of the best uh, songs Lynch. of all time. <laughs> yes, Liam yeah. Lynch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Liam Lynch, man. Rim. That's just the best song ever. <laughs> Were you more punk based, or did you say that you you like a bit of jazz as well? I'm, uh, I, I guess, a bit of a kind of an enigma, Richie, I would say the word for me. <laughs> Enigma's good. Uh, if I may be so bold <laughs> no mate to be honest i just love all good music yeah. unless it's really bad northern country and western oh, it has to be northern off. country oh, and western god almighty the worst of the worst do you know what i mean i remember i, rem- I remember staying in a hotel in donegal and they had posters <laughs> up in the toilets for the upcoming gigs and for the for what for what i could see from the first poster to infinity was like the names like Big Jackie McNamara and his horseshoe <laughs> fucking, and you, you'd be like, oh, Jesus. and this would be every night. They're addicted to it. It's like crack. It's oh, I don't know, but that I can't stand that stuff. But I love I love good jazz music. I'm a big guy, big guy, big Cliff Burton fan. Like love love Metallica, like the early stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, my I'll give you my quick my like, Danzig. Misfits, Cro-Mags, Metallica, Fu Manchu. Uh, but but Fu Manchu would probably be my favorite band. Um, Ghost, All Them Witches, Blood Ceremony, Slayer, Megadeth, Kiss, Alice Cooper, and all that of, good stuff. Early out Queen. The, out of all that's those, kind of my thing. Out of all those bands, then you're you're kind of more or less fascinated. Is it with the basis with a lot of those? Since you play bass yourself, or no, I could be completely wrong. You could be one of those fucking guys that's a guitarist that has to play bass. 
are you just a full-on bassist? A lot of the time, uh, I play a lot of guitar. I play a lot of guitar on the new album. Um, but like the bass for me is it, the. I also play a bit of drums, which is the most fun of any of the instruments. I don't care who you are. Drumming is the best. But bass playing when you've been playing guitar for a few days, and when you've got two kids and a dog and a wife, when you get that me time, it's guitar. But yeah. Mm. Really, the bass is like is like going to Thunderland. It's like the bass is the shit. When you hear a really, really good bass player, it just inspires you. So bass playing is has become my number one thing, mm. and I absolutely love playing bass. I've got to say, uh, Cliff Burton, Steve Harris, fucking. What's your favorite bass then? Is it um, Fender or Rickenbacker or one of those? Or I've got a I've got a Fender P bass, mm. um, which I love. Mm. I, I am having a bit of a cheeky look at a Rickenbacker five string, oh. just because I, I I quite like that that, that low B and I like I quite like Rick necks. But mm. any Rickenbacker I've ever played, I haven't really liked. But I love the sound of them. I absolutely. Mm. I mean, you've got to listen to that Cliff Burton stuff. The first, the first three, uh, first yeah. first two albums when he's playing that Rickenbacker, it just wails. It yeah. is unreal. But I know he had like a he had a. a like a Demarzio Super Distortion or something in it as well, some weird pickup mm. kind of thing going on. So he could just make it wail when you watch that Cliff Amal thing. It's just the first mm. time I saw that, Richie, like coming back from school, 15 years old, seeing him playing in yeah. San Francisco, and then there's go okay, Cliff, the major rager and the four-string motherfucker. Yeah. He just kicks on that fucking wah-wah pedal. Man, that's seminal. That's like mm. seeing Django Reinhardt playing in a wee bar in Paris. That's yeah. or Keith Moon. You know, it's mm. just fucking incredible when you see a real expert. And then it just you, you know you're when you've got a bass player like that, you base your life about trying to be that way. And I think in in some ways it's going to be amazing for your for your technique and stuff. But to have that at that young age, I, it's just like touched by God. I don't know yeah. how the fuck he did it, but he did. Yeah, I'm a bass fanatic myself, but I, you know what I hate when I see basses that kind of look like lead guitars, do you not kind of way the Gibson with the fucking bass strings on it? Um, like Angus Young's one with a bass, four strings on and it. An EB3. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. Those basses suck. It, Gibson. They made one, Gibson made the Gibson Grabber, the one that Gene Simmons played, which is actually a really good bass, but they're not, they don't make good basses, like, they mm. really don't. Music Man, Fender, Rick, that's probably the ones I would venture towards. Dean makes some quite nice, nice basses as well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, they make each, nice, to, each to their own. They make a nice flying V acoustic. Remember, uh, who's your man we used to go see? Yes. A flying V bass as well. Fuck off, you know? <laughs> no. Jesus Christ. I can actually see a nice bass behind you, Richie. I think I can see what... That's the first bass, my favourite bass. I've played it since fucking day one. <laughs> yeah, it's just when you're talking about Cliff Burton there, and um, it's kind of hard these days to remember how impactful that was. It's just when you were talking about it. I remember hearing Cliff Burton when I was 14, 15 as well, just like yourself, and having my fucking mind blown as to what was going on. Just that sound that was coming out of the fucking thing. And mm. it's, it's something you don't really hear much of anymore in terms of a, a, a thing that catches your attention like that. 
that was really was something. It really was, kind of, like, as you said, seminal because it, uh, it turned heads and people were like, what the fuck is this? It was yeah. something you didn't really hear before. But now you've heard a million albums just like it and no one's really captured that impact that it had at that time. It's so true. And Lemmy oh. as well, to be fair, with that fucking bass sound as well. Lemmy had, Lem, Lemmy had an incredible tone. Like, mm. um, I think Cliff tried to get, get that tone going to, uh, to, uh, to a degree. Yeah, and then kind of just finessed it. But if you watch the stuff that the clip was doing uh, with Big Sick Jim Martin when he was in oh. trauma in school, I'm sure you've watched that. Man. Yes. Like uh, even back then, if you were a kid sitting that going, this guy, like the entire. I mean, the, the thing that people forget is Metallica moved lock, stock, and barrel to to mm-hmm. San Francisco to get Cliff. Like they moved yeah. everything to get him into the band. So I mean. Unfortunately, my band didn't do that with me. They were just like, fuck, he's handy, he lives up the road. <laughs> and about basis, actually, Nick Oliveira um, and G have signed yeah. to his independent label for distribution. That was just such a great thing to see, lads. Um, how did that come about? Big shout out to Room Vibes. Thanks, Richie. Uh, we, um, it was kind of serendipitous before this all uh, happened. We were playing a gig um, in the Thomas House, and there was a load of the guy. I don't know if you're familiar with the band. Al, what they're called? What's that band called? The the guys. Everybody. There's different chapters. Oh, um, oh fuck! Uh, shit! I'm the worst person to ask. I have a terrible memory for names. Oh, uh, okay. Turbo. Okay. It was a Tribune Negro. Turbo Negro. So we were playing. We were playing a gig. We were playing a gig. I I don't know if you if you know the whole thing about Turbo Negro, but they're a bit. It's a bit like the Rocky Horror Picture Show. There's chapters all over the world, and an Italian bunch will organise a Turbo Negro tribute, and people from all over the world will go to Italy to see this because they can't see Turbo Negro maybe because they're not gigging. So there's a there's one in Dublin. It's called Tribune Negro. It was in the Thomas House. Anyway, long story short, great gig. Um, and after I was chatting to this guy Jason, who had seen coming in, he was in a wheelchair at the time. Or he was on crutches at the time. He had a real bad skate accident or something. So me and him were like brothers from another mother, same age. He lives out in the desert, um, in you know Los, Los Angeles, and uh, knows. Everybody knows the guys from Fu Manchu, knows uh, Nick Oliveri, you know. Uh, so, Bram Bjork knows all those guys. We mm-hmm. headed off. I talked to him and he got in touch with Nick Oliveri. They released a single for him recently. And um, Jason on Ruin Vibe said, Listen, if I can help you in any way, let me hear it. If it's shit, I won't help you. But if it sounds all right, yeah. So, I sent it over to him. Um, we had a good chat and he loves it. Um, and they're going to be sending in copies around, and we're we're under the Ruin Vibes label in the states, which is fucking unheard of. He knows all these really fucking cool people, but he saw our gig and he fucking loved it. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. That was it, and onwards and upwards. Hopefully, when when things are back to normal again, we might we might mm. try and get over there. So shout out to Hannes who organised the gig, and he's probably going to be watching this. Uh, Lovely chap from Sweden, a fucking diehard uh, punk and metal fan, and yeah, he, he's one of the organisers of that every year. Jesus, wow. uh, so there's a whole Turbo Negro uh, network across the world. And also, actually, he had another guy there. Uh, yeah. Hannes is a real 
he's a proper evangelist for 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 bands. Um, like he he brought a, a, a guy over from Sweden. Hannes is from Sweden. Uh, he brought a guy, a mate of his, who uh, runs a festival over in Sweden, and uh, he brought him over to to see us. Yeah, and uh, I loved us as well. So, um, you know, it's not uh, necessarily who you know. It's it's if you know fucking decent people, it's a, it's a big fucking help. You know, and, and people who will do things the, the, yeah. for themselves. You know, um, and try. You know, they say they, they they create a tide that lifts all boats. Yes, it's kind of great saying. Like yourself, Richie. Yeah, yeah. Cheers, man. The the band that we're playing, the the band that we're playing the night that that we were playing, were a band called Um Slum Dog Millionaire, who were like real sleazy kind of L.A. <laughs> rock and roll band leather, but like fucking a slightly motorheady actually, and very very cool. So, um. That's their kind of vibe. So uh, the, the Turbo Negro bands will have tribute bands all over this great world. And they'll go mm. to Brazil one month. They'll go to Italy one month. They'll go to Spain another month. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, you'd always see people at um, festivals, especially abroad, with Turbo Negro mm. fucking back patches. Jesus Christ, I think I've listened to them maybe once or twice. I haven't even a clue what fucking genre of music yeah. they play. Heavy as fuck. Okay. <laughs> There's always one or two bands that go past you that fucking you see in festivals and you go... Of course. And that's of course. one of them. Nah, I know yeah. nothing about them. <laughs> I'm totally unaware of, of this. Jesus, this has gone totally over my head. But um, I, the more you say it, the more it's yeah. kind of ringing a bell. I've definitely heard of it, but... um. I've never stopped to take the time to engage with what it actually is, you know. Great name as well. Well, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a quick, a quick, a quick synopsis of what of what their gigs look like. When when this band were playing the Thomas House, the year mm. before we played, I went. I was just in the Thomas House. God bless the Thomas House, by the way, Dublin. Big big shout out. I was standing having a beer at the front door, and a man who was clearly too big to be wearing hot pants because <laughs> he was about twenty two stone. <laughs> With a huge droopy moustache, a sailor hat, and a like a boob tube, and oh, eye makeup. Jesus I was going, All right, how's it going? And he was going, yeah. I said, what are you, what are you here for? And he said, are we here for the Turbo Negro? That's okay. And then I, was, I said, I'm saying to Kevin, what's what is this? What is this? So he said, no, follow me. So I went down the stairs. The entire place had been tin foiled. It was a bit inside of Christmas turkey, right? The entire building had downstairs strobe lights. And just real heavy rock and roll. I was like, I don't know anything about this, but I have to feel really his lads out. Yeah. <laughs> You're never too big for hot pants. No way. The first year was the, the Turbo Negro tribute. Um, we're setting up with a support act. Uh, I'm setting up, I'm getting my guitar ready. And a fellow runs up and he's like, When are you starting? I was like, Oh, about five minutes. Okay. And he runs to the bar, and he's like, "Fuck!" I see him shouting, "Fuck!" You know, two. And he, and he orders two points, and he gets his two points, and uh, he runs back, and he puts his two points on top of my cab, and then he drops his pants, and he <laughs> runs to the fucking gig with his pants trousers around his ankles for the whole gig, uh, and that's that's Turbo Negro, you know? Okay, fuck yeah, me. That's pretty much so all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up. Just 
See, Howard, okay, you need to tour. I think I think I, be, be, tour I think it would be a, a marriage of atrocities. I think we should totally do this because uh, I, you know we're in the same ballpark here, like. Oh, oh god, damn it, yeah. <laughs> oh fuck yeah, oh big yeah, time. Man. <laughs> oh, fuck, we'll have to we'll have to organize something because yeah, oh, we'll do anything. I think we'll surprise each other, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've, I've seen I've seen a couple of your videos, Howard. You, you had you, is that the bollockly challenged guy still on your drums, the singer? Is yes, that the guy who yes, sings uh, for you most Abe's, of the time? Abe's, yeah, Who's that's Bob? right, yeah. He's class. He's oh, really good. He's, and he's, that's, he's that's like doing that. that. That's like rubbing your tummy and doing this. And... <laughs> he spent his life on cruise ships, um, playing fucking seven sets a week for six months in a row. You know. He's but, fucking. Uh, no he's, he's, way! He's oh, I've got a lot in common with him then. Yeah. He's, That's um, the ultimate tour, isn't it? The cruise ship. The ultimate tour. Fucking was it seven gigs a week, one after the other, no break. You know, fucking two gigs in a Sunday. I know. I, I know a few <laughs> chaps that do. Uh, I know a few chaps who do that. Yeah, um, it's, it's, and that's a, that's a tough gig. It sounds that's like torture, gig. you know. But um, yeah, that's all been curtailed now. But thankfully, he's he's around to play drums with ourselves, and we're, we're having a fucking time of our lives with him now. So but yeah, man, we have to we have to organise something because I have a feeling that um, oh my it'll god, be, it'll be it'll oh be my a god. lot of fucking fun. Yeah. <laughs> There'll be a drop in weirdos <laughs> over. <laughs> They'll all just weird gather quick, yeah. in one spot. Worth <laughs> it, worth it for the backstage footage alone. I think. We'll get you up here. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm I'm shocked that you haven't fucking toured yeah. already together. I'm yeah. shocked. It's um because we've we've been in the same circles as far as I can see. But um I was I was when Richie said was 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 uh, filling me in about you. I was convinced that we'd play it together, but no, <laughs> hasn't happened yet. Mm. But. Uh, I think it's only a matter of time, and the sooner the better. The sooner the <laughs> I better, think, yeah. Particularly post COVID, I, I th- think it's going I think, to get freaky. I think so. <laughs> how did she? Um, how did she settle on the name Lugosi? Like, I mean, there's some fucking great <laughs> bands that have um, names from horror movies. You know, Black Sabbath, My Bloody Valentine, fucking White Zombie. Who made that choice? Well, it's like Brian Clough would say. Um, I, I get together with the players and then we both have a discussion and then at the end of it, whatever I say goes. So I said to the lads, okay, we're called Lugosi or else you're out. Brilliant. <laughs> it's a very brave choice. Uh, fair play. He was in just an, just an incredibly, in some ways, bad actor, but also iconic in every role mm. that he was ever in like mm. but you could probably say the same thing again i get about another actor i really love who's clint eastwood who was only ever clint eastwood in a movie so <laughs> you know I, I i i can watch spell that goes a from 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 dawn to dusk mostly dusk in a field on my own <laughs> um that's my kind of vibe bella lugosi love him there's a few teams going through um your past album and the new album as well. Let's talk about that for for a while since we're we're getting to it. Um, the title is Video Nasty. We can reveal yeah. that. And it's a great title. Because we all come from the video side of things. We have that age upon us. And um, just brought back some great memories straight away. It's a great title of an album. Yeah. VHS 80s, mm. back of a fucking car, pulling up in a hatchback. Pick out your video. <laughs> Give me a fiver. 
Fucking here, baby, go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> here, what, what, what were you getting? <laughs> well, it depends on how much money you had, you know. If you gave him a tenner, you got a bottle of lemonade and a bottle of lube with it. <laughs> I'm glad you said lube, not a hand job. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't afford the hand jabber Jesus yeah. did. A bottle of red lemonade and uh, and, and a Christian brother. Debbie does, Debbie does Dallas a bottle of red lemonade. I, I know how you I know how you get on down in Cork. I know what you are up to down there. Believe me, we heard about it up in Belfast. Oh, we use Tenora down here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> a game, a game of a game of street balls, and uh, I don't know. Do you play street <laughs> balls down your neck of the woods? No, it's, it's called bowling. Bowling. <laughs> Bowling, it's um, it's yeah, it's just no. called bowling, yeah. It's, it's a straw um, fucking ball up the road. Is just that, is that a, what you're on? Ball up the road and hope for the yeah. best, and yeah, street balls for fuck's sake. It's Where are you going balls. with fucking street balls? <laughs> 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 These guys, fucking Alan. Yeah. Alan, Alan, have a chat with him. <laughs> <laughs> With fancy names for things like that. <laughs> Bowling. You fuck the ball down the street. road. There's yeah. no street. We we play like a, a kind of, <laughs> fuck the ball down the road and you hope for the best. We play like a similar version, but we play with a small mallet and like chrome balls in a very small, well trimmed area. A, a cul-de-sac, maybe you know, round double. Street fucking balls. <laughs> That's the name of my next album, is Street Balls. <laughs> That's a fucking great name for an album, Street Balls. <laughs> I'm actually not sure how the fuck we got onto Street right, Balls, the... actually. I'm not sure. <laughs> back to the business. Back to the business's heart. Richie, I, you're oh, video 100%. Nasties. We're on, on you're 100%. Video nasties, and, and, yeah. Yes. I was watching a video about the, about the people of Cork playing street bowling. <laughs> fucking I bowling. To, bowling. Uh... <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, fucking shot. in all honesty, um, I, I had the... Co- <laughs> I had the I had the concept early doors. Uh, VHS. We, we will be releasing some of these in a VHS box with all the artwork in there. So the, the box and the CD case looks like looks like an old VHS video. Um, and I lived in the in a video shop as a kid. Keep one for me. Awesome. Deadly man. Yep, I've got one of those. Yeah. I lived in the video club. I was in the video club three days a week, uh, and then. Also during the day, like my mum was working in the music library in Belfast and town, I'd be going and getting the worst B-movies and the worst slasher films and sitting in the house, bottle of Buckfast at the weekend, and there was no better feeling. There was no better feeling. A bit of Sabbath, early doors, and then a shit movie. So I wanted to try and get that, <laughs> that feel into the album. And we had, um, we, had, we had several songs that JM had kind of, already from his band that he played in, in in America, Red Skull. So he'd written a couple of songs years ago. I hit a little bit of a, a vein and, and, and started writing a lot of heavier stuff than we did before. Mm-hmm. Chunked them out on my uh, see-through plexi fucking guitar tuned way down. Give the riffs to Alan, went to track mix, and um, luckily we're able to do it before the world came to stand still. Wow, mm. so it was literally, Basically. was it in between two shutdowns, Alan, or where was it? 
Yeah, yeah. We we uh, our first recording session was just it was the weekend, two days before the first lockdown. Okay. So, technically, we should have been responsible citizens and not got anywhere near it. Yeah. There was like no difference between Sunday and lockdown Monday, but we went in anyway because we're fucking mad bastards. Uh, uh, you know, it's but it's it's still safer than fucking Cork street bulls. But. <laughs> 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 But uh, <laughs> Lee Hard Stride. Always from from Michael Richards. Uh, is a, I, I've been. I spent the last two years studying sound engineering, and uh, it's going to take a lifetime to, to to be half as looking good as as Michael Richards. Uh, mm-hmm. Apart from the security, he's a master as well. It's great going to the track mix because he's got a massive selection. And actually, uh, he. Between the first recording session and the second recording session, which is in the middle of another fucking uh, in-between lockdowns, uh, he bought uh, a vintage marital amp. I haven't gotten along, ever since I bought it, I haven't gotten along with martial amps because my particular uh, guitar, it's very powerful fucking pickups, the Burst Booker pickups, a lot mm-hmm. of drawing in there. You, normally, you can just uh, crank your amp and uh, whatever overdrive you have in your amp is enough. Just with those particular pickups, uh, it seems to be too much for Marshalls. Anytime I go to a rehearsal studio or plug into someone else's Marshall, it's just it comes out as muck. But that's that's modern Marshalls. Marshalls have gone uh, fucking they haven't gone great. I, I normally use an orange TH thirty. Um, mm. Anyway, Michael bought this fucking vintage. Um, uh, what, did he, what was it? JMC eight hundred, I think it was. Oh, JCM eight hundred. That's what I use myself. Oh, what an amp. They're a fucking magical amp. And with his rig, he was able to reamp the guitars. And it was just magical tone. It was exactly what we were... It was already happy with the tone we had, because we, 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 uh, I went through... He's got an Eddie, uh, Eddie Van Halen fucking head in there, the 5150. Is it 51? Yeah, EVH. Yeah, EVH. I have a terrible memory for numbers and names. My history exam. Shocking. <laughs> I had... I had to fly to the Earls in 1916 going to fucking Portugal. <laughs> <laughs> just a... Just a bit of potential disaster there, sorry. Well, I think it was, yeah, EVH uh, 5150, and that was sounding fucking great. Um, uh, and he has his Kemper uh, and Poddler as well. So Profiler thing, yeah. Yeah, you, tie, you can tie it in a load of fucking amps, and, and you know it's funny. You, you give you give Michael a few little clues, and uh, he's like, "I think I know what you want," and, and he brings something up from from his archive and uh, match it up. But anyway, yeah, we we reamped. Um, and like I said, yeah, Neil's done a lot of guitar playing on this album. Uh, like when we're we're playing it live, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to play it. Uh, but like, uh. As I said, I have that straight lace blues background, you know, whereas Neil has that Iron Maiden fan where it's all over the shop. So I, I wasn't 100% sure I had the timing right on certain elements of the riffs. So I'm like, Neil, you fucking play it. This needs to be right. It needs to be on the album as you imagined it. You know, I, I can fucking, I can play along with the album later and, and get those little nuances down exactly. But mm. fucking best record it exactly. So, so Neil's in there as well. With uh, your, you have any guitars that you did you use on it, Neil? You use your, your Gibson anyway. I used, I think, I used, uh, used my um, 
my Dan Armstrong, my SG, and my Les Paul. Hmm. No, I'm not saying this, his album's not all Actually, the- no, I'll tell you what. <laughs> all the leaders, me, yeah. are from uh, our instrumental, where Neil, we both have yeah. the- Mm. Um, and of course, with the ones that are not weird phraseology, you know, that's 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 me, of course, you know, like oh, <laughs> the green vampire, uh, what's their jams? Other one, um, Ziggurat. Oh, sure, Sorry, just, like, uh, <laughs> it came from outer space, it came from outer space. <laughs> but you know what? It's a, 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 something very important to me is that you need to serve the song, and you know, it, it doesn't fucking matter who wrote the riff. It doesn't matter yeah. who wrote the song. The song is fucking good, and it fits in with the album. Go with it. Mm. And if and if you don't have that fucking groove yet, which I, I, I hadn't got for a couple of, the, of Neil's fucking riffs, then it's like fucking here, dude. Here's the guitar. You fucking play it. Let's, let's get this down right. Yeah. And of course, you can achieve all that. Um, like, how, how how much time did you put into rehearsing this before you went into the studio? It was a good load, and we actually delayed recording, didn't we, uh, to to make sure everything was right and we developed the songs properly. Uh, and it, it really served as well. Uh, the, the my song in there, the vampire, um, that really grew in, in the rehearsal studio. Mm. And I, I had a, a pretty clear vision of it, uh, but we needed to fucking trash it out in, in, in the rehearsal studio, and, and that worked really well. Um, like I said, <laughs> you know, those... Well, the, tra- the, transition where I, the, the transition where I played cello into the vampire. Yes. <laughs> no trickery <laughs> from Michael there at all. It was, oh, it was Neil again. It's bringing in another instrument. Uh, me, mm. I had to bring the cello on my back on the motorbike. So <laughs> I don't even think he wanted fucking cello on the album. It was just to fuck with me. <laughs> How do you bring this? Yeah. It's a good lesson for people, though. Is uh, you got to put um, in the fucking work. You really got to put in the fucking work. You know, it, it allows it to improvise when you do get to the studio. Time. You know, you can you can improvise with confidence, but. Um, People don't realize that. I mean, Jesus Christ, before we went to record last year with Shawnee at the Magna Pena, we put in, must have been nine months of practicing five days a week in some capacity to, to get up to speed to play live in the studio and then improvise over the top of that, you know? But you gotta wow. put the fucking work. You gotta put the fucking work in, you know? People don't realize that. It's not just a case of you can fucking show up. Oh, and I just agree. Do your business. I agree. You gotta put yeah. the work in. As well as that, at least yeah. at least your room for what we, we friend uh, Josh used to call the flavor crystals. You know, uh, anytime you, if you show and you know the song inside out and it's upside down and you can just fucking deliver it, mm. That, mm. that gives you a bounty of uh, extra time to, to. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of things on, on from, the, from the first album, um, the song Skinwalker. Uh, there's a few elements in that. We, we did not, they were not written uh, before going to track mix. But you know, we had we had the song well rehearsed, and we fucking played play it down, and then we were able to fucking go, "Hey, what about this little thing here and this?" Mm. Thing here? Mm. And actually, there's a little bit at the end of um, at the end of Vampire, it kind of wasn't rehearsed, but I, I just kind of like I, I wasn't stressed out in the studio trying to get the thing down and get it right. Just fucking lashed it out, and then had this fucking idea, and 
I was like, let's fucking try it, you know? <laughs> and everybody was like, no, no, that's fucking awful. And then, and then Michael was like, oh, here, give it a minute, give it a list. <laughs> and then it was like, okay, yeah, we're keeping that in. Would so, you agree, Alan, is that the benefit of working with um, someone like Michael, who produced your first album, and you're, you've got... And that's continuity. Continuity, exactly. That's what I'm looking for, yeah. Well, absolutely. You need to sound like yourself, you know? Yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah, if you go to a different studio, there's a risk, you know. Okay, you might come out sounding a million times better if you, if you move to a, to a better position, uh, but there's also the risk that uh, you don't, you know. Obviously, if you move studios, you think you're, you're, you're going to someone better, but uh, you, can, you can end up sounding different, and uh, that can be off-putting for people. So uh, what are the strong points of Video Nasty in comparison to um, Rise from the Grave, then? Uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot heavier. Mm. It's a lot faster. Um, it's not like nuclear assault fast, but it's, it's, it's quicker than what we did in the past. But before, another thing, uh, when we were going to, uh, to, to see Michael for the second album, I could hear the songs that I'd written, but at a much quicker tempo. Um, so like we went in, we recorded a few, I just wasn't feeling that at all. And I said, click it up, click it up, click it up. And the lads were a little bit reticent to do that. And then it just came to life. So that's another thing. If you are going to go into a studio and pay money because everybody's skint, get your tempos down, use a click. Don't waste mm -hmm. your time um, trying to, because if you're trying to punch stuff in when you've, you know, you, you're, it's all over the place. It's not like the albums that I listened to from the 70s where these guys have been playing on the road every day. Like, yeah. I listened to, like, uh, rock, it's like Aerosmith rock. I'm a big Aerosmith fan. So was Alan. Early Aerosmith is like, I, I love it. Those guys were playing every day, hour upon hour, double shows, travel everywhere. They were so tight, so they didn't really have to worry about their timing. Mm. That's essential. You have the dot, you have that down, and you play the songs at the right tempo. But yeah, the new album's a lot heavier. I think maybe there's a few hairs on the arm moments on this new one couple of really nice uh, transitional parts, which we didn't have in the first one, because, like, it's not rocket time. We're not like, you know, it's not Jean-Michel Jarre. We don't take <laughs> ourselves too seriously. But at the, same, at the same time, we wanted to sound good. So there is a few parts on the album that, you know, you, that, are, that, that make you think and you'll enjoy. I, I think you'll dig it. But... Um, it's not maybe a slap... It's, slapstick's not the right word, but it, you'll... You, You'll you'll get it when you hear the album. Mm. Uh, somebody, uh, somebody, a lot of people said that what they like about us is that we're fun and, and we don't take ourselves too seriously, uh, and to an extent they're right. Um, but at the same time, we we do, we still want to do something really good. I love for you, that that uh, I'm not giving no giveaways here. That, that uh, single, um, the cigarette. I love that we did that fucking breakdown in the middle of that. Um, you know, some well, it's actually, it's actually called They Came from Outer Space. He's right, they came from outer space. <laughs> We've had a few names, <laughs> so you know, Brendan, thanks. <laughs> so, Paul, keep going anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we put those in, and actually, another just a little thing to work with Michael. Uh, you, you, you learn to show up fucking prepared, he doesn't suffer fools. Uh, and he'll tell you what he fucking thinks. Uh, he won't hold back. So I, I often wing my, my guitar solos. Um, 
it's funny, yeah, I, I've always, again, okay, there's another thing for the list. I can't remember names, I can't remember dates. I can't remember the other thing I can't remember. And I can never remember guitar solos. Um, so <laughs> every gig we did up until we recorded that first album, I was just making solos as they happened. Strangely, once the solos were laid down on the album, I then learned them off because I was quite happy with the solos and I, was, I wanted to reproduce that. So then I went and learned the fucking solos mm. of the first album after it was recorded. So then, but going into the second uh, second studio session, not to be shown up and, and sorry, oh, nothing prepared, stop doing it. Mm. You play over the fucking 10, 10 or 15 times, not on. So I went mm. in with my solos prepared and uh, just it's not, yeah, it's not Always taking helps. Not, not giving Michael opportunities to give out to us. <laughs> but I think that's a very valid point. Um, and I'm glad, as I said, that Howard is here tonight because the Magna Pina are a fun band, no more than yourselves are a fun band. But what people mm. don't yeah. see is the fucking seriousness behind the music. 100%. Because I get, that's the vibe I get off you guys from of the course. listening. Is it's, it's, it's tongue in cheek, but... Um, you know, you've got your chops up to speed. You're not fucking yeah. around. You can play your instruments and there's no one going to be able to question your musicianship. Yeah. And we're a bit like that too. You know, we, we really do put the work in. Oh, thanks, no, Yeah, yeah. You, you've got to, you've, you're, you're playing has to hold water. And if you're going to go up there and make a fool of yourself, you've got to be able to back it up with riffs and solos and fucking chops and licks and the whole lot. So when someone does come at you with criticism, you can kind of go, hey, hey give a fuck. <laughs> you know you do it. You well, there's, a, there's yeah. a great, there's a great, there's a great, there's a, there's a great, there's a great way to look at it. Um, see, a joke can only go so far, um, but if you have like a a, a a comedic experts like Chaplin or Woody Allen, when they actually just they show some 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 real pathos on screen, yeah. I think it comes across way deeper than a normal a normal actor. Because you don't oh, yeah. you don't expect that you know you, but there is the, the amount of work that does go in. I mean, you guys are busting your balls five nights a week, getting that stuff down, Howard. You know, yeah. We we, we unfortunately with life we can't do five nights a week. Oh God, I wish we could. When we get this big major tour in the states, then yeah, the kids and the wife they're away for their tea. I'm moving the. <laughs> I get a bigger microwave. It's all. It's going to be brilliant. But be okay with that. If you get the I'm going to be playing street balls out the back twenty four seven, drinking cans of Tenora. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but no, you did. To get back to that thing, there, there, you, you have to, you have to have, you have to have your chops down. And you know, when when you're sitting, those people don't see the R's. You're sitting there going, oh. Eureka moment! This sounds deadly. This breakdown's mm. cool. This will get people. You know. It, I put my, take my hat off to anybody who actually puts a time in. You could be the worst band in the world if you have real drive behind what you're doing. You know, I think a crowd, no matter where you are, can see that. You know, you, you may not be, yeah. you may not be like fucking rush, but if you put the time in and you, 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 we are passionate about music. Every one of us is passionate about music, um, and I do think that people pick that up. You know, no matter it, it could be tongue in cheek. But Alan, as you say, like it's not, it's not a, we're not a joke band. Like we really aren't. Well, yeah. I, I get the same vibe of Howard as well. I mean, these yeah. guys aren't a joke. No, fuck it, far from. But also, there's an experience. I presume you're all in other bands as well. Plenty of experience there. Yeah, I, I was. I've been playing since I was fourteen. 
Uh, certainly, first band I was fourteen. Nearly killed our, my best friend Bill. Um, he was a bass player, and uh, he got electrocuted and, and flew five feet across the room. And, uh, Bill was also a mess. So we thought he was. Me- I was annoyed because he had, he picked up my guitar and his bass, and then he, he it looked like he did it deliberately for the crack. He could be, oh, I'm falls on the ground. Uh, the, the bass and the guitar are across his chest, and he's lying there, not moving. And we're like, Bill, stop fucking around. You've probably scratched my guitar. It was a Sun Mustang that was worth £98. <laughs> well, it was the only guitar. But uh, Sun Mustang. You know. uh, Strat style. But then I heard this sizzling sound like, you know, like bacon on a frying pan. And it was like, <gasps> and then we saw, the, we saw a puff of smoke, and Bill's hand was taking in electricity and burning flesh into the neck of my guitar. Fuck. I never got rid of. Um, that was my first band. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, I was, you kept the guitar, yeah. And then it was very, and then, you know, at one stage, I decided. <laughs> tried, to sell it, tried to sell it to me. Yeah. <laughs> we were calls, like, what the fuck? I There's remember. a bit of Bill on the guitar. Oh, fuck me. Sorry, Bill. <laughs> then okay, then I decided right. I needed I, I needed a leather jacket and a decent guitar, so I'm gonna go get a job. And I got caught up in that job because I, I was a dedicated musician. And uh, he killed a man. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ! Work was nothing. It was just like fucking living for music. And I said, but yeah, I need, I need a leather jacket and a decent guitar. And I got caught up in this job, and uh, things went various directions. Took me away from music, but then back. In my thirties, I got back into it and, and started the Hungry Souls, which was a blues rock type thing, you know. Mm. Um, oh yeah, and I did that for five years uh, with the amazing uh, singer Connor Clancy. I brought Connor. I met Connor at Neil's house. We were having a Christmas party, and uh, Connor's playing guitar for everybody and singing a few songs. And I was like, I need a second guitar player, you know, somebody to. Well, should uh, we should we should we firstly say who should we firstly say who Connor is related to? Maybe. Oh no, he doesn't like to talk about that. But, uh, <laughs> more reason to fucking ah. bring it up. <laughs> I was wearing it to a joke there. We're going to blow some sunshine. Yeah. I needed another guitar player to fill in the blanks while I did some, some yeah. you know, fantastic <laughs> solos. Uh, <laughs> but then, after the rehearsals, I found out that Connor was a fucking amazing fucking singer. His, his range, uh, when we, me and him play together, we, we run an open mic night together. Uh, when it's me and Connor, we're both similar kind of stature. So I call us tenacious dub. Connor doesn't like that. <laughs> but Connor has the same vocal range, if not more, than Jack Black. Wow. And right up. Um, so it's it always a pleasure working with Connor. Um, and uh, yeah, and even Neil. Good guy. Kept, uh, like, much like um, Spinal Tap, we kept losing drummers. Neil played drums for us for a while. Um, that was interesting. Actually, one day we were at rehearsals, and he said, like, I don't think we should do this song anymore. And I was like, well, what's wrong with it? He says, I don't find it interesting. I'm not enjoying it. He didn't do a Paul McCartney on it. Did he show fucking Jimmy how to play drums? <laughs> he was, you didn't. Neil. Sean was very versatility there, you know. He, he, he was... uh, yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy, is the, Jimmy is the second best drummer in the band. Oh my but god! He, he's a good guy, you know. And Shout out to Jimmy. He's the only guy we haven't and mentioned. And so JM is related to him. So Jimmy oh, Jim. did all the artwork on both albums. True, Jimmy's actually. Jimmy's amazing, amazing graphic, 
graphic artist. The artwork yeah. is fantastic, actually. It's one mm. of the things that uh, yeah caught my eye straight away. I was like, yeah, this is class. It's got that mm. aesthetic I can dig. <laughs> oh, thanks, Howard. He will he will love that. He's an amazing artist and a fabulous drummer, and we love him. It was his birthday three days ago, and uh, he was 50. Oil on canvas. So uh, we're getting up there. What did you say, Alan? Oil on canvas? Yeah, Jimmy's a great artist, as in he does oil on canvas. He does these beautiful fucking landscapes. Uh, he's up on Instagram, if you can find him, Jimmy Rooney, artist. See, I love bands like you because there's so much talent in there and you're modest enough to hide it. Alan does all your videos. Oh, uh, yeah. He does, indeed. Fuck's sake, like. I um. Yeah, that, that happened by accident. I, I, um, I, I was running the open mic night and we had a lot of talents coming in that I thought was amazing. I thought, you know, we, we do something to help these, uh, promote these people. So we started recording the, the performances and sticking them up on SoundCloud. Mm. Uh, about six months later, we said, fuck it, we'll make some video. So I started making these iPad videos. And then one of the, one of the, one of the guys was using our video to promote himself. And I thought... That's not fucking good enough. The, the, okay, the audio is good because Connor was capturing the audio, but the video is shit. You know, that's, that's not going to look good for him. So we got a bit of money off Imro to buy some uh, SLR cameras so then we could do the HD videos. And um, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Pause. You got money off Imro? <laughs> Did I hear that correct? Exactly. <laughs> some fucking man. Go on. Yeah, I don't know, I just, maybe just, I caught, caught them on a good day, but um, <laughs> it came out of their, their advertising budget, you know, right? Because like I was like saying, this is to help people promote themselves, you know, they're mm. using video to promote themselves, but the video looks terrible. Mm. Like, mm. You know, can I upgrade my video? And they were like, that's fucking great, yeah, yeah, I have X amount left over. I think he was coming to year end, and he had some budget to spend, so it gave, it gave us the money. And uh, yeah, I just fell in love with uh, photography and, and videography, doing that yeah. um, although I was already a big movie fan I love the Coen brothers uh, who doesn't one of my favourites of them is Raising Arizona mm. yes these... so, so you, look like the, you look like the bad guy out of it actually what a movie <laughs> <laughs> no, he does <laughs> like a grenade around your neck like <laughs> yeah, I used to have a grenade but um, I love all that where they're, they're doing weird angles or, or super mm, wall. Yeah, yeah. I love all that kind of stuff. So I try and bring a bit of that into the film, into the video making, you know. It's it's, it's great fun to do. Uh, it's nice to have the output. Alan, uh, didn't I come across you? Goes back probably two years. Were you trying to fundraise something and you got in contact with me or... It was in relation to some... F I know your memory. Oh, shit. here we go, here we go. Uh, trying to fundraise. What you did a some. You did a. You filmed something, and you were looking for people to uh, throw some money towards something or other. Probably streetball now or something. Streetball <laughs> documentary. Uh, streetball <laughs> the movie. I, know, I made a documentary about the open about the open mic scene. In that's Dublin. it. Yes, uh, that's how that's how we met. And yeah, what we did not start of the lockdown, uh, we did a screening of the film. Uh, people would throw some money at it, and uh, we, we gave the money to the artists that were in the film who were out of work. Mm. A lot of them didn't need it. They're like, oh, I'm doing something, I'm working. So the six or seven lads who are full time musicians now, uh, they, they got a few quid out of that. Um, 
It's funny though how many people watch the film and paid nothing. <laughs> ah, well, there's always those, yeah. There was a woman that went on. She was a big fan uh, of uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, one of the lads, and uh, she threw fucking fifty quid into it just to watch the film. And mm. the money was going back to to these lads, so she threw fifty quid at it. It's brilliantly filmed, and it's a credit to you. How do pe- is that still available for people to look at? Uh, not at the moment. Uh, I'm still trying to get a, a distribution deal for that. Uh, that's the best way. Or, or, or I'll try and get it onto Netflix. Um, but uh, yeah, eventually, if that doesn't happen, I'll put it up. It'll be. Uh, I might put it on a. Because uh, again, I want it to be again, like I said earlier on, the, the toy that lifts all boats. I'd like to make some money from that and, and give it back to the artists who are in the film. Mm. That mm. is a dream, there. You know, I need to get my money back that I spent making it. But after that, <laughs> we'll do a profit share. Uh, so I might do the, uh, the, the view-on-demand thing that they have on Vimeo. You pay two quid and you watch it, you know. It's a feature-length film, chock full of beautiful fucking music oh, from great art. And beautifully you know? filmed as well, to be fair. Oh, thank you, thank you. But you know what? It, it's only done because of the fucking people that were in it. Those fucking people come to our open mic every month and... Every fucking every it's the first Wednesday of every month, and every every open mic night, I'm gonna laugh once at least. I'm gonna fucking cry. I'm gonna be moved. I'm gonna fucking wiggle my hips a bit and fucking tap my feet a lot. And uh, that's just the, the music end of it. You know what I mean? Uh, there's there's this spoken word artist coming in as well. Uh, only only they inspired it to fucking happen. So you know they need to get something back out of it if possible. Like as musicians as well we can all understand how important it is just to interact with your audience. I mean, I have yet to see, I know you came down to Cork, um, was it last year? Or was it 2020 maybe? Really, at the minute, I can't tell you. I, I'm, I'm, I, I think it was at the end of the year before, to be honest. Yeah, I think it was. Whatever year like, the hell that was. Um, I think, it, I think, I think it, was. it was January 2020 with mm. Audible Jaws. Well, maybe. Audible Joes and Screams from the Attic. Yeah. In Fred's Evans. Yes, it was Audible Joes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. That's right. I really enjoyed that. That was crazy. And was that, uh, was that your band. first foray down to the beautiful county? Well, as a band, yeah. I've been to Cork a lot. Uh, great fucking city. Wonderful people. Chef mm. Brian McCarthy, if he's watching. Great fucking beautiful human being. Good photographer as well. Um, I think he's living up in Derry right now. It's the minute last I heard. But uh, yeah, first gig in Cork, and it was a delighted to fucking get down there. Mm. You know, fucking Cork. Ah, uh, it was great, man. It was absolutely fab. Very oh. fucking, very fucking people. But uh, you know, Thank Cork you. still loves the fucking guitar. You know? Yeah, yeah, fact. Mm. Absolutely, Howard, Howard. I'm thinking like uh, the Crane Lane yourself and Magna Pena. I'm thinking Magna Pena, Crane Lane. I think down to y'all, Richie. You know, <laughs> <laughs> then we start there, you know, and work our way west, end up in mm. Clarkland somewhere. Howard, did, did you ever play in Connolly's in Le- like, Connolly's uh, way, way out? No, um, that's, some you pl- that's some place that we were trying to get a, an all there before the pandemic hit, and um, it was in the pipeline, and it was something that was looking like it was going to happen. But I'm not with the Magna Pena, no, I played there moons ago with other bands, but not, not in the last five or six years. But I know the guy running the place, uh, Sam, and um, it's a fucking fantastic place to go down and play and, and mm. just to see bands in. And right, so it's a if, musician's if, pub, if, no, if people are watching this who have never been, if people have never been to Connolly's before, 
I th- I'm not mm. sure if I've got the story 100% right, but the I think maybe the original owner had passed away and his kids had been left to look, run the place or something like that. I don't know. But the the live stage area ha- is pretty much untouched since like the late 80s. It, mm. there's, there's flyers up from way moons back. It's like stepping back in a time machine and they do amazing pizza and amazing beer. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah probably you're all musicians, right. Musicians pub, it's yeah. fucking great. It, it is. If anybody's into music in any way, shape or form really of any is. genre, just go in and check it out. Particularly guitar music, you know. Mm. It's, uh, yeah, it's a special place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Saw, I saw Noel Redding um, of Jimi Hendrix experience, obviously. He had yeah. a band playing there and they were yeah, just... Yeah, yeah. They were like he lived, playing... he lived up the road from it, sure. That's correct, yeah. And they were playing fucking wow. They weren't playing the normal shit that you'd expect them. To, you'd hope them to play. Just all this mm-hmm. obscure fucking blues. It was just great to be in his presence. But of course, the man was so up his own hole. It was beyond belief. Like, <laughs> yeah. my father actually played a few, a few gigs with with Noel Redding. He played a the odd um, jam session with him here and there, you know. Mm. But uh, a difficult, a difficult human. Yeah. <laughs> That's putting it mildly. <laughs> he has a reputation. Oh, <laughs> he had a reputation. They all are, but they, those 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 guys those guys do that gener that generation. Man, well, have you ever watched the Ginger Baker documentary? Yeah, Un- unreal. <laughs> and that's, that's just, exactly you know, what Noel Redding is like. The, the very first scene, like when 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 the movie <laughs> when when. Yeah, he did, he just the very first scene. The movie maker is a young kid. He's a big fan of Ginger Baker. Uh, <laughs> he, and Ginger Baker. With his with his walking stick, breaks <laughs> <Pizza>. his nose. <laughs> <laughs> they don't yeah, make him yeah, like yeah. that anymore, you know. We're fucking. They, they just had a different. They don't make him like that anymore. <laughs> oh, we need to get way more cantankerous in our old age. You want a bit of fucking madness and a bit of you know uncertainty and what's this fucker going to do? And you want a you yes. want a black fucking eye when you come away yes, from it, don't you? Do. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> There is, there is some, there is. Uh, uh, can I fucking mention? You've probably seen Crow Black Chicken. They're in oh, the background course, yeah. there. What a fucking band, and not not awkward. Fucking very fucking nice fucking blokes. Deadly, fair fucking play. I have one of their, uh, I've one of their, a couple of their albums no way. here. And, uh, Fucking hell, great fucking bass player, great fucking drummer, great guitar player, great uh, player. Un-fucking believable. I love him. I think um, it's one of their son is in, son is in uh, God, God Alone. Alone yeah. yeah. The drummer. Drummer's son, yeah. Or, did, or yeah, Jake's dad is in Crowback Chicken. Uh, fucking, um, yeah. I saw him with Zizzy wow. Top Christy. a couple of years ago. Fuck's sake, they're ridiculous. They're just solid old three-card trick, done fucking brilliantly. Yeah. What more do you want? That song, They Came From Outer Space, could easily be Crow Black Chicken. Yeah, it's in the same ballpark, yeah. Oh, actually, yeah, yeah, now that you mention it, yeah, yeah, I see where you're coming from there. Oh, yeah. fucking 100%, 100%. And they love Clutch as well, and, you know, it's, mm. um, yeah, they're just a fucking brilliant band. For a three-piece, they're fantastic live, so I'm delighted you can acknowledge them and give them a shout-out tonight. Steve's got his own um, bass um, podcast as well so it's really interesting as well he's got like basses from all over the world appearing on it he's a fucking amazing bass player so he is great but also yeah another fucking bit of recognition um, um, Rest of Nation have you seen Rest those Rest of Nation yeah oh 
Talented guys. I we we kind of got used to them now that we're playing with them, but I st- every fucking it's still every time I'm standing there watching watching them, it's just like fucking yes. This is what a fucking this is what a person should be feeling in the audience at a gig, you know. It's it, and a, 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 music, a musician as well, someone who creates. When you're a creator, mm-hmm. someone still fucking blows your mind. That's that's when you know you're watching somebody really fucking good. Their unplugged stuff was fantastic as well. Yeah, I love the way they just love the way they just broke everything down and went acoustic, and the songs are still as powerful. Yeah, we like those guys a lot. We'll play with those guys three or four times, I think now, and we we just get on, you know. Um, but they're a sensational band, and there's there's elements to me with uh, a little bit of faith no more kind of stuff going on there. I think they're a fabulous band. But actually, there's there's a few bands that I that I like. To, can I can I mention Baleful Creed, who are like my my buddies up in Belfast. Yeah. Uh, when I when I was playing in Belfast years ago, I played a uh, Memento Mori, who were the um, I suppose maybe the band before Baleful Creed with John Allen. But if if you ever get a chance, check them out. They're fab. If you like stoner metal, they're uh, the mm. business. Baleful Creed. But like, Rim, are you aware like how big the Belfast scene has got over the last fucking five or six years? The talent coming out is ridiculous, isn't it, Howard? Oh yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. We've had, we've had we must have had half a Belfast down at this stage over mm. the last four or five years. Um, back in the days of the print shop here in Cork. Wow. Um, there really does seem to be a little bit of a scene up there that's just bleeding into everything else down here. There's a really Kind of a, There's a great connection between, between Cork, Cork and, and yeah, there is, yeah, fact. You know, it, it, without a doubt, you know, fucking, it's like coming home, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long fucking way to drive too for the lads that do come down, but um, mm. no one's ever complained. Everyone just had a great time, and fuck it, I think that their influence has been felt across the likes of Croza here and 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 various bands like that. Mm. You know, we're we're definitely a crossover of influence. Yeah. One hundred percent there, man. Mm. Yeah, we, we played up the north a few times, and uh, we just got we hopped on the train, and uh, Neil was put in charge of the snare drum. Oh. <laughs> Can you fill us in on that, there, Neil? I, well, uh, I, I, let's just uh, let's just break this down. Break. I actually don't think I was because it was our drummer who should have been in charge of his own gear, but. Fucking it, dead right. We left the Fucking snare drum right. on the train. <laughs> we le- yeah, we left the snare drum on the train, got off just before Lisburn, and then we phoned the train station and they put it on the next train. So we had to wait beside the train station for our snare to arrive before we could play the gig. How is that your fault? That's another Nate? one we've got to shout out for is is uh <laughs> that was definitely not my fault. That was Jimmy's fault. Alan, am I Alan, you're saying it's just me. Okay, fair enough. It may have been me. I'm not going to say it's not me, but it, yeah, it was me. Um, another shout out is Henry Clooney. God bless you. And the Stiffs. Stiff Little Fingers. Oh, Stiff mm. Little Fingers. Love fucking Stiff Little Fingers. They were a mainstay down here in the late well, 90s. Henry, Henry's Jesus. a friend of mine. Really? Yeah. Henry's a friend of mine. And uh, we will, yeah, yeah we will. We, we've played with Henry several times. And we will again. The guy's a legend. 
I, I love him. You know, right, uh, we're blessed with what we have in Ireland. They came down yeah. to the marquee. They were supporting um, drop kicks. I think I could be wrong, but I think it was drop kicks yep. and stiff and stiff little fingers were fucking outstanding. Outstanding. First time I ever seen them live. They're savage, Brilliant. man. Brilliant, really? man. Fuck, man. Yeah, been, they used savage. to play here in the, the <laughs> mid-90s and late-90s a lot. They were down in Sir Henry's there and they were going from like the Phoenix and then you'd see them in a bigger S- venue again. And, you know, see, I was in Spain. Dublin at that time, Howard, you see. So. Uh, yeah. They were playing about four times a year down there at the time. They were a fucking great band. Be, uh, you know, you'd be a kid and go in and see them and fuck it. Like, it was like, this is how it's done. Yeah, you know? exactly. The first time I saw Mar- Marshall Stack, I think, was, was it is how it's fingers, done. you know? Yeah. Great band. It is how it's done, and it was done. It was done to such a level, and we we should be so. It's you know, there's not enough said about stiff with fingers, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, they were listen, a real influence on a lot stuff. of people. It's just you can you, you you can feel the sweat coming off the roof when you hear that first album. Mm. You know, it's just monstrous. You know, inflammable material. If you don't have it, buy it. Yeah, and they're all fucking stand-up blokes. Unbelievable commitments as well. To be fair, like, like we think we've done it long here, Richie. You know, we've been playing since 1996, and these lads have been fucking playing since fucking whenever. You know, and they fucking, fucking still up. bring it. Like, that's the biggest yeah, fucking thing. Have the that passion. passion and energy and enthusiasm, and like, like the lads are saying, you know, when you go see a band, you still seek that buzz of just getting that electricity in the room and the fucking. Mm. You just spotting a guitar player rip out a solo and going, yeah, fucking, he knows what he's doing. Or a bass player just pulling something off that you haven't seen before, or a yeah, drummer doing a exactly. fucking thing. You know, you keep you always looking for that buzz, you know. Yeah, we played it. It's we're too all big. looking for that buzz now. At this stage, we're all looking for that buzz. Right yeah. now, we need that buzz more yes. than ever. It's we need that buzz. It's becoming hard to find, but it's, it still start, doesn't stop people looking. I know I'm going to have to bring it up, but how did it feel releasing an album into fucking this COVID-infested situation? Like, had you options to, first of all, hold on to it um, for another few months? Or what was the thought process with leaving it out now? Definitely put it out. Um, uh, There's no point holding on to it, you know. There's going to be other albums, you know. Why why put it on hold? Just get it out there. And uh, people are still looking for new music. They still need to hear fresh tunes. So, fuck it, yeah. If it's ready and it's, it's done, if it's cooked. Take okay. it out of the oven. Right. Absolutely. I just hope we don't hit a dry spell now on the fucking song right in front. <laughs> yeah. But maybe, although we have a good start for the next album because we've got about three songs of mine that didn't get, make it onto this one. Ah, class. Okay. Because <laughs> that was my next question was any of the songs um, that you were bringing forward for this album held back? Ah, uh, yeah. No, I had a few. Like, I, I've been... I've been yeah. uh, well, for me... I've been yeah. looking... Lots of horror movies and use those for inspiration and reading books. Um, like uh, Sleepy Hollow, I'm dying to do uh, the, the Legend of Sleepy Hollow, and I have a song written for that. Oh, but, yeah, it wasn't the right vibe for this album. Okay, yeah. definitely not. Rim, I have uh, five tracks, guitar and drum down for the next one. So I, I, what I want to do is like do maybe a little short EP for the next <laughs> release. Um, mm, cool. Maybe even before the end of the year, if we can get back in the studio. Yeah, but I've got I've got some cracking stuff organised. So yeah, it's a uh, it's a win win. I think if you just gonna, when you get that when you get the songs are coming, you've got to keep on to it. Otherwise, as Alan says, it's gonna dry up and you'll be fucked. Yeah, but you've got to you've got to stay because we can't play gigs. So you, 
the more you can write, the more you can think about songs, you, you know, the better. Mm. Yeah. Howard, was- you, have you got some songs that didn't make the album? Yeah, fucking, um, well, well, you know, I've spoken about this on the podcast before. Um, just before lockdown, we, we went up and we recorded, um, we recorded live over a period of three days and uh, we ended up writing a song in the studio. And then we, we went back and we did vocals in February and then things closed closed down. So it brought it to a halt. But um, we've been mixing away and gotten it done. But in the meantime, like that, we just went ahead and wrote a small EP from our bedrooms and put it out there. But um, we're, fuck it, Richie, we're Badly. 20 songs deep into the next next two releases, you know? Like, we're all, we're fucking, it's it's ridiculous, you know? Wow. We have so much material. And um, we're, we're trying to get this other thing finished up now for to be ready when things go back, because we want to play on the back of it. But um, this is the album now that we spend nine months rehearsing fucking five days a week, because we wanted to do it live. We wanted to do it live well. Hold on a while now. You're talking about Magna Pina or Partelon. Oh, Partelon is a different beast altogether. That's that's the kind of thing. It's like a lumbering elephant. That, that's uh, what I was. Sorry, lads. My mistake. I was on about Partelon. <laughs> <laughs> Partelon's a lumbering elephant that 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 has visited about once a month. You know. Yeah. Did you finalize songs for that album? And is there songs put aside since that? Yeah, like since the since the lockdown happened, it's changed completely. Yeah, I mean, we had an album written that we were supposed to record in March last year, and. Um, that's completely gone now. And it's Fuck. Five, totally new songs since we've demoed them in, in the last six months or so. Mm. And uh, it's it's just totally different than what it would have been, which isn't a bad thing, I suppose, but we definitely missed a moment where we captured something else, I think, you know? Okay. But uh, it's one of those things where you, your attention to it is, is it, it doesn't last, so you move on, you know? Right. If you haven't got the opportunity to capture it, like, fuck it, move on move on, keep mm. creating. It gets stale too quick. You, you know, I don't like revisiting stuff. But it, it's it's going to be um, a completely different uh, different thing that we anticipated at the beginning. Whether okay. it's better or not, I don't know. But it's definitely different than what it should have been. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> me. Okay. Jesus Christ. So, like, we're talking about nearly a year and a half period now. At this stage, two years of those songs? We're talking to two years. We wrote, we wrote, a song, wrote songs over the period of 12 months, like that now, but once a month, um, getting together and, and putting stuff together. And we came up with uh, maybe six songs that, mm. were, that, were, that were making the cut. And then pandemic happened and we started rewriting the bits and pieces and started thinking about it in a different way and a different concept and the different things like that, reading different books, watching different movies, getting different influences. And it just went a whole different direction. So it was a case of leaving a lot of stuff behind and just moving forward. You okay. know, I, I'm a big believer in capturing the moment, Richie. And if the moment passes, you you pass with it, you know? Mm. And I'm kind of glad of it in one way. Okay. Regretful in others, but, you know, bag of emotions about it. But fuck it, it's only music at the end of the day. We, we keep moving. If you've already uh, answered this, but where did you record your, your, your new album? With Magna Pina, we recorded it in Last Light Records in uh, Temple Bar in um, in with Shawnee Cads, Shawnee Cadigan. It was my uh, it was my studio instructor first year in college doing sound engineering. Yeah, he he runs the <laughs> he runs the college. Yeah. Could you meet a nicer blow? Shawnee's a car wow. man, you know. Uh, yeah, I saw. Uh, but yeah, seen either of his bands. Yes, uh, I remember he 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 brought his uh, he bought an aluminium. 
guitar. Yes, uh, the aluminium guitar. We play. We use it actually for a few bits, a few overlays, and a few solos, and bits and pieces. It's it's a great guitar for uh, pointing out your inaccuracies. So you have to be on your fucking game with it, you know. Is that one of those American American musical instruments, guitars? It's um, it was a jag, it was a, an old jag, I think it was a jag diner or some shit like that, and um, it was an Israeli company. I'm not sure what they were called, but um, oh, no he way. put the neck on himself, and uh, he's had it for years. I think he had it up for sale recently. Actually, I thought about buying it, but um, it's a funky guitar. It's it's one of those things that if if um, you make a mistake, it sings out like you really have to fucking nail your your chops on that fucking thing. You know? <laughs> so we, when we went in, we there's, there's a really good um, there's a really good guitar company at the American Musical Instrument Company. That, I think it's the uh, American the Guitar Company. It's, it's them, what it's yeah. called. Yeah, I think it's uh, the, yeah, the AM, yeah, yeah, yeah. AMG. Uh, they're, they're fabulous. Yeah, they're they're lovely to play. This is yeah, this is a different well. company now, but um, a similar similar vibe on it, like. But um, similar lovely vibe. guitar for overlays and things like that. But um, yeah, it 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 it'll fucking show your mistakes up big time, you know. How does your sessions go? Things through. I remember Sean telling me he says. Like, is there one morning, one day, and he's like, "Oh yeah, fucking great weekend." He says, "I had a, a band in." Uh, over the weekend, you know, we 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 basically started tracking at 10 p.m. Saturday, no Friday night. Took a wee break for some college uh, on Saturday, and then back into the studio 8 p.m. Saturday. We ran through two crates of Guinness, you know, and we're all fucking falling out of here. Fucking 8 a.m. Monday morning, you know, is that ringing any bell? I'd say there was more than fucking Guinness involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have fun, haven't you? You know, you get the work done, and then you have the fun. <laughs> yeah. but we went in there and we got, we had eight tracks to do, and we got them all done on the first day. And so the second day was fun. We just went in and had a bit of crack, and uh, we Deadly. actually wrote a, wrote a song in the studio called "Gay Burn Cos- Cosplay," <laughs> 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 and fucking spent a day working on that because we had the time to do it. And uh, then we just started just putting silly stuff on it just to see what you know, having a bit of crack with it. Like, but we had it so compartmentalized beforehand and so rehearsed that it was just a case of showing up and doing our stuff. Mm. But, um, yeah, it was, well, like, working with Sean is a lot of fun, man. I have to say, but there was a lot of bleary. There was a lot of red eyes, all right, yeah, coming out of that fucking place at four o'clock in the morning. You know, it's <laughs> all right for a vegan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we uh, we 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 meant we brought that up a few times, all right. You know, <laughs> a vegan producer. There, he's got somebody for a vegan. You know, he's fucking, he's hitting. Ah, you right. can't say that for fuck's sake. <laughs> Jesus Christ, the man's head will fucking explode. He's the kind of guy that gets up at five o'clock and drinks a fucking shake and goes for a cycle, you know, and <laughs> he comes into the five of us, Richie, and <laughs> you can imagine the fucking Christ. state it was like. Yeah. Therapist, you know? he goes into full therapy mode. Christian lost his phone down the back of one of the fucking sound panels, and uh, <laughs> Sean, he was like, I've been here six years and I've never seen that before, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he took his phone out to take a fucking a group photograph for Instagram or whatever it was and he took the phone out of his pocket and it went flying up over his fucking shoulder up into the wall and down in between the fucking cavity like <laughs> we spent longer trying to get the phone out of the fucking wall than regarding vocals like <laughs> he to bring the balance he's got to be a little bit the opposite of what the band is you know 
So, oh, <laughs> he was a very good balance. He had um, Chelsea, he just he just pressed play like he set up the room to record live and just let us let us loose and we just we just went for it. I think we did three takes of every song and we were done by fucking two o'clock and then it was a case of having fun, you know. But <laughs> he set up his own studios now. Do you believe? Yeah, he's moved. He's moved shop. Yeah. Mm. The pandemic has slowed things down, but um, yeah, he's 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 looking to to move into some serious business. I think you know. Yeah, he did some job on the new Dread Sovereign album, man. I'm it's, fucking... his, it's his ballpark. I think oh, with Magnapina, it was a bit of a different thing for him because it's so far removed from metal and things like that. But uh, when he's when John when Sean is in his ballpark with things like that, he really does know how it should fucking sound, particularly mm. guitar sound. You know, he know, it's he knows that Sovereign album great. I've heard some great, uh, great reports about it. I haven't heard it yet. Fucking sounds massive. It's unbelievable, and I've been getting fucking grief because on the on the forums, Metal Cell forums, I've been slating people repeatedly for this obsession with vinyl. But um, this is a great story because I don't know if it shouldn't be said or not. But I don't give a fuck. I'll hang out, Shawnee. Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> It was only 15 euros for a blue splatter vinyl of that album, Dread Sovereign. And it's fucking outstanding. It's one of the best Irish metal releases this year. Cool. I texted Shawnee going, um, purchase the vinyl. And he goes, yeah, so did I. Because Shawnee went, you'd be lucky if you get that vinyl because there's very little left. The drummer anyway forgot a bag of vinyl and left it behind him in Centra. No. <laughs> yeah, and so I just went for <laughs> fuck's sake. But mine made it down anyway. And um, that Alan, yeah, Alan, Alan, that reminds me a little bit of when we came back from playing up in Lisburn, and we got back in JM. Uh, I said, JM, where have you got the shirts? And he said, Oh no, I have no idea where the shirts are. <laughs> so after the gig, we went back. To, we went back to this uh, like kind of after party. And like uh, we got, it's a, a lovely family who like were big into Lugosi. So we didn't know where the t-shirts went. And then we got a, a picture sent over to us. And it was all the family wearing our t-shirts saying, lads, thank you so much. Um, it, this is like, it, this is way too much. And I was, I did, but we didn't have the balls to say, actually, no, you need to, you need to post them back to Dublin. But like, everyone, even the kids wearing like, these massive Lugosi shirts. Oh, so yeah. Dublin. Oh, fuck me. The bleeding Dublin shirts all gone. Jesus Christ. And a better place, I think, you know. <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're right. Has Jim or any of you got like any pre gig rituals? Oh. Well, I, I, I just walk around with a big fucking stressed head of anxiety. You know, me. Uh, mm. oh, I just, he just can't fucking talk to me before a gig. Uh, right. I, 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 and it's not pre-gig nerves. It's uh, I want I want things to go well, and I want it to to do well. So um, yeah, it's kind of it's a bit of fucking. Let's uh, not fuck it up. After that, I'm fucking grand, you know. And a few Jack Daniels in uh, mm. during the gig. What else? The other ritual is uh, yeah, just gonna snap at people like a vicious fucking dog <laughs> set up. Jesus Christ! People fucking annoy me, you know. Fucking with stupid fucking shit. <laughs> Remember what the fuck is where? What where does this fucking thing go? <laughs> uh, and then same. And then oh yeah, and then other bands fucking getting on stage and standing over you, 
where they're trying to de-rig. There's nothing fucking worse, man, than a fucking band standing over you. Oh, Christ. I hate oh, that. Come on, you know, get Fanny, it out. If any bands are listening, if any fucking bands are listening that are playing with other bands, give them the fucking space to get their shit together. Just give them the fucking space. Don't stand there with Amen. your guitar strapped on waiting for them to get off the stage <laughs> or don't stand there fucking... Oh. Here's another one, right? Here's another one that happened. Uh, it was annoying in a different way. Um, our, our good friend Jeff from Strangers with Guns, he got us our first uh, Jeff, gig. Jeff Cross there. And, uh, doing it. We, uh, he, he, was, he was kind enough to say that we didn't open for them. It was a double header. Uh, mm. <laughs> well, thank you, Jeff, for having us. Uh, but before our slot, there was a, a, a an organized gig on, and it was uh, some band... Some fucking cheesy middle of the road fucking pop, you know, with with an attractive fucking singer and everybody's wearing nice clothes, you know, <laughs> nice casual clothes and, and the guitars are jangly and sweet and oh, mm. songs about love. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and seventy percent of the audience for that crowd. Uh, for that, that band was family members and friends and girlfriends. You know, it was a, it was, it was an EP launch, and these guys had clearly spent months, years maybe, preparing for this shite fucking gig. But their whole family showed up and said, "Well, John, that's brilliant. Is are we the singer? You're a great singer. I you tell me, friends." You see, John, there, he's a great singer. He, he's going to be famous someday. And you know what? That kind of shite going on afterwards. So they did their gig, right? And it was 45 minutes of fucking God, when is this over? And then uh, all their family members fucking, you know, basically did a stage invasion and uh, the lads weren't sitting down. So uh, I started I started de-rigging the fucking guitar player. I was like, <laughs> And I was like, yeah, Chief, just want to give you a hand there. You know, we're on stage at 12. Uh, so, you know, we're playing at 12. So we've got to kind of set up now. So I'll get your gear backstage for you. You just de-rig all of this and I'll carry it for you backstage. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, thanks, man. You know, and then I have to do the same for the fucking bass player and the fucking drummer just to get the... Like, Jesus. Get on this, just to get the cunts off the fucking stage. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Language, Timothy. Yeah. But, uh, he can some... use as much language as he like. It's an emotional subject, lads. It's an emotional subject. That's our first wingless gig. And also for bringing out a song called Cants, you know, that's a stroke of fucking genius. Brilliant. In podcast 119, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cants, yeah, that's a classic, yeah. Big shout out to Jeff and the lads. I fucking love what they're doing. They're another band that are yeah, they do. nailing it in relation to alternative rock metal. But I mean, they've their feet in both camps, but what they do is great, man. It's great. Lovely guys. Have you any pre-gig rituals, Neil? Is Jeff, is Jeff the singer? Jeff's the singer, yeah. Um, ooh, I, I remember when, when, when we played with Strange of the Guns, just I'd never met them before. And I'm a big boxing fan. I used to do a little bit. I follow boxing. And Jeff's quite a big dude, isn't he? Quite a quite a large guy oh. and as soon as he rocked up he went here you're the lad that likes boxing and I said yes I am and he was kind of towering over me and I actually thought it was about to kick off is he going to throw one at me here <laughs> but it didn't he's a lovely guy and they're just they're salt of the earth lovely guys pre-gig rituals um, oh, I don't know just a fucking jack, just rock and roll Jack Daniels and coke and then 
try not to trip over my own lead. And if anybody's on stage while I'm there, give them a good boot up the hole, basically. But no, no, not not particularly. JM may be more. JM, you could probably find him reading a book somewhere. Uh, he's a way different cat to us. Like he's a very cerebral kind of guy, and he's um he'd be he'd be maybe the guy to talk to about pre gig rituals. I'm just get up and do it. He's in control of the tournament as well. Yes, he is. You don't want to be fucking drunk to watch that tournament, man. I remember one of my pre-gig rituals actually is trying to get fucking alcohol intake. It's like, you know, yeah, Jimmy, yeah, can I get your next drink? And then I'll, I'll go for a fucking 10-minute walk, go to the Jacks. Maybe I'll go and get a kebab <laughs> before I go to the bar and get this drink. Because it's just fucking, it does. I don't want Jimmy going. Jimmy is, not that he's a pisshead, he's just like, if he comes early, it's just like, yeah, whatever. doesn't matter. And he drinks, you know. <laughs> the, fir- the, fir- the first gig that we played... With with the theremin was in the 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 duck the wild uh, the the wild duck down in uh, Temple Bar, and uh, Barry uh, who would Barry Hardigan who looks after us uh, got up on the stage and um, we'd set up the theremin and he said, "Now, ladies and gentlemen, it gives me a great pleasure to uh, announce the uh, triumphant return of Lugosi." And just as he stepped off the stage. His foot had wrapped around it, and the thermon went <laughs> boom right up the stage. I just started wailing, uh, but somehow it didn't break. But the thermon's deadly. When, when we were up in, uh, when we were with Michael up in uh, track mix, it it oh. never it never recorded thermon before. So like he was watching. It, it's quite a. It's it's obviously quite a physical exercise using a thermon. And JM kind of attacks it like this, and he's doing all these kind of movements. Michael was just sitting in his chair, just going, "This is the best thing I've ever seen." And he was like texting all his <laughs> other engineer type friends, going, "Look at this guy's doing in my studio." Um, so yeah, but he's he's nailed it. He's actually a really good theremin player. If you've been, if that even is a thing, he, he's. Have you ever tried tried to play one, Howard? I'd love to fucking do it. <laughs> try, try is the fucking word. Um, yeah, I mean, had had fun with it, but trying to mm. get some sort of melody going is fucking. It's a difficult fucking thing. It's yeah, yeah. You know, trying to get it in key to what you want it to be in. And yeah, it's it's a real standout <sighs> instrument. It's it's by itself. It's very hard to marry it with a band. It's very hard but to put it in context. It's perfect for, for Lugosi sound. You know what I mean? Because you have for that horror. Yeah, for that. Yeah. VHS video nasty. It's absolute, and I presume there's there's way more on this album than the last album. Uh, I think it was maybe used once on the last album. Um, mm. It's it's one of those ones. It's a bit. I mean, if you if you overused it, it would can't you be left going to the album? It's just they just bought a theremin, you know. So you're just going to throw it in when you want to, when, when you when, when you when when you really think it'll help. But it's um, yeah. no, it's a fabulous thing to have. It's all over. It's all over the new album, and he's really really good at it. Um, mm. that's obviously just ours, mm. just smoking like Jamaican woodbines and on his own, um, <laughs> with his cat in his knee, just flicking at it occasionally. Possibly throwing his cat at it. JM also, he will watch this. JM recently bought a cat, right? Have you ever seen a really big cat? Like a stupidly big cat? This thing is about that long. It's about that Mm. long. It's this big black thing. It's like a panther. (laughs) And it's on our back. I just got a puppy recently. And I've been like bringing the puppy up to look at this thing. And my dog is shitting itself. This thing is a (laughs) monster. I'm going to write a song about it. This thing is a fucking beast. 
<laughs> Where'd Alan go? Christ, like, it's just one of these, one of these shows, um, and that's just the way that the Metal Cell podcast is. Can you explain to me what 1313 Mockingbird Lane is about? Yep. So uh, I wrote that song a good while ago. Um, it's growing up, my favorite show ever was The Monsters. I used to watch that show on, on Channel 4 um, with my legs over the couch. Uh, with my shepherd's with my shepherd's pie on my knee and just fucking loving that shit. And I, I I often thought like this is great, but is this like their reality? Does everybody else see them as being totally horrendous and horrific? And their address was thirteen thirteen Mockingbird Lane. So uh-huh. you may think okay. you go into their house to have a lovely day of fun, and uh, it's all going to be a bit tongue and chicken, great crack. But if you're a human. <laughs> If you're walking into that, it's going to be a bit fucked up. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So I, th- I wrote that song all about that, um, that it's not all puppy dogs and ice cream, that 1313 Mockingbird Lane is probably going to be the most terrifying thing you've ever seen in your life. So, I mean, they're, what they're saying in the show is like what they imagine it to be and everybody's having a great time, but no, it wouldn't be. If you were going into that house, you'd be fucking freaked out. <laughs> yeah. So that was the that was uh, that was the the thoughts behind that song. And your current release then is Silent um, Green. Silent that's Green. That's a weird, yeah. That's a weird one for me because, and I have a friend in work, and he's mm-hmm. big into old movies, and he was describing to me a chart on Heston movie about how all these people it was set in twenty twenty. Now I'm not, I haven't researched this, but he said it was set in twenty twenty. One twenty twenty, and Charlton Heston was in it, and I have to say it, that all these people were being fed this green um, protein, and they didn't know where it was from. But the the makers of it were saying it was from plankton, and um, they were eating it, and of course it was made out of humans. So I was just going, "Fucking hell, that's an amazing concept, amazing concept for a movie, anyway." And uh, I was going, "Wow." And fuck me, within a week, the ghost he had released this, <laughs> this fucking video called Silent Green. I was just going, what? Well, Charlton Heston was... In- and Alan directed it and starred yeah. in it. It's a, it's a bit like if you ever watch Little Britain when it's got Dennis Waterman and he's like, I wrote the theme tune, sang the theme tune. Uh, Alan basically directed, starred in and played guitar on this video. There as well. So it's pretty good. It's also the yeah. sign, if you watch it from start to finish, it's also a, a, a biography of a man losing his mind. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, I know. The open scene, I'm ch- chomping down on jambons, you know. <laughs> Alan Burger, Alan, what does it say about me when I actually got hungry looking at you? Getting the fucking thing ready. Yeah, the temptation was to, uh, you know, play the hero from the movie, Charlton Heston, but it's like, uh, I have so little in common with fucking Charlton Heston, physically and mentally and morally. Sorry to, sorry to interrupt. Were you, were you just away a second ago just to change hats? Because if it was, that's a brilliant move. Nobody was talking about Larry Hagman years ago. You remember Larry Hagman from Dallas? <laughs> Fuck, he did not, all, yeah. It's very strange when you go visit Larry Hagman because like, you come in and he course, sits you down yeah, and gives you a drink yeah. and he goes, I'll be back in a second, he goes GR, back and he's got a new yeah. hat on. You know, and, and he... 
every fucking two, three minutes he leaves the room and comes back wearing a different fucking hat. He's mad as a brush. Are you taking wow. the piss now? So I liked it. No, that was apparently what, that's what it was like when you, when you go visit Larry Hagman. He just like showing off his cowboy hats. You know? Oh, it wasn't done the series, like. Uh, which? It wasn't done Dallas, the series that he was changing. Oh, and real life in this fucking house. <laughs> Fuck sure, me. if you have fucking 50 cowboy hats, you'd want to be doing something like, wouldn't you? Oh, you definitely, know? yeah, yeah. I'd be oh, one you of would. those guys that would be there. Oh, you would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you're going to have to have some excuse to wear them. Larry Hagman, you just don't give a fuck, you know? Like, yeah, I'm J.R. from Dallas. <laughs> Here's a new hat. Um, <laughs> Wasn't he in uh, I Dream of Genie? that fucking... Um... It was also Michael from I Dream of Genie. Yes, That's, yeah. Yeah. Was... yeah. <laughs> That's the second time, Neil, you've done that tonight. <laughs> 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 You're on a good laugh earlier on, Richie. What did I do? Earlier on, Richie goes, you know, when you had connection problems, Richie goes, maybe you should disconnect and, and join in again. And you said, do you know what? <laughs> I'm going to do <laughs> And Howard, Howard just mentioned Genie. And then you were like, yeah, but hang on a second. Wasn't he in Genie? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I gotcha. Actually, uh, apps issue. Is this this is going out the weekend? The album goes out rather than this. Correct. Yes, it's coming out on yeah. the twelfth. Yes, yeah. so you're going to be launching video nasty on the twelfth. Yeah. So hello, and um, this will be coming out on the twelfth as well. So this is the cover. Sweet meat. And Jimmy did that as well, did he? Yeah. I had to. He did. I had to uh, get. That's my arm. <laughs> my wall and my cleaver. Uh, that's my dark, crushing cleaver. You have a cleaver. Have a cleaver. Um, uh, that's um, it's re not real blood. It also has quite an ex an, accept an amazing cleavage. <laughs> 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 the picture in the background is that the Hellfire Club? Tell me, that'd be really cool if it, it was. Is? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, is it, it is. really? So, that's how oh. it shall look when you all get it. That's us doing our uh, Duck Dynasty uh, photo shoot. It's like, you're, it's like a wall for a free kick. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Can I see the back of it then, just on the back? I'm struggling with the light here, but it's just a name. No, no, it's cool. cool. And, um, well, I won't be purchasing the CD, but I'm going fucking buying the... What is this? What's the special? The VHS... The VHS box with the album inside it in the album sleeve in there. It's really cool. Oh, really cool. I fucking love it. It's fucking outstanding. I don't know, I don't know if you are aware, but we've spoken about this in the podcast before. Um, the Magnapina have a six-step VHS for sale for 500 euros, and we're hoping some motherfucker will buy it because it's, um, it's a VHS of some random stuff that is worth your 500 euros, and VHS never went away. It's coming back, and everybody should it embrace coming this, back. this new... This enduring technology. <laughs> this <laughs> new technology. To <laughs> <laughs> so VHS, I'm a big fan of it. I fucking love that you're doing something with VHS because um, I thought we were on our own there for a while, but no, great. There More is, VHS, the better. There, it's like the X-Files. They are out there. We might do a package, which will be the, the VHS. The next album's 100% Betamax. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with the CD, a uh, little thing inside it, a uh, T-shirt, a hat, and a lock of Neil's hair, and a signed broken drumstick from Jimmy, because he 
breaks a lot. That's it, man. So there you go. That's- Are you guys going to release it on vinyl as well, or is that something that's not going to happen? We'd love to. Down the line, mate. Down the line, it's just as you know, it costs an absolute fortune. And if it if, yeah. if it was me with them, I'd probably end up leaving them in Sandra. So I, it can't be left to me. <laughs> but yes, we we will do something with that. We will. We, we, we're planning on that. Even if maybe the next single might be on coloured vinyl, red vinyl, or something. But um, mm-hmm. yeah. the thing about Ruined Vibes over in the states is they they are predominantly a vinyl based label. So we need oh. to, you know. So that'll be that's um, good. It's probably yeah, the next thing we do. I'll have to fucking splash again, man. Jesus Christ, my reputation is in yet, shit. Richie. My reputation is in yet. shit. So let's <laughs> give it up for. Lugosi, lads, um, Alan and Rim, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. By the time this episode is going out, Video Nasty will be released. And it is, I've listened to it, Howard listened to it. It's a fucking great album, man. It's yeah, fucking 10 out of 10 stuff. 10 out of 10, man. Thank you so, so much. If you put in the effort and the reward is for all of us to fucking enjoy it, man. So I really appreciate that. Absolutely. For that, lads. But you know what? It, it, to, to get that to get that from you guys is uh, tremendous for us. You know, it's uh, we hope that a lot of people like this album. It, it I, I hope it does well. But just if we sell fucking two, if you love it, nah, that's what I'm all about. If you guys really like it, that means a lot to me and a lot to the band. Oh so. fuck yeah, big time, Alan. What we said uh, the the Renaissance uh, happened just after everybody was locked down for fucking two years during the Black Death. <laughs> Is this the, uh, the beginning of the second Renaissance? Would it be good enough for that? Or- I think Alan. it's the VHFA, VHS Renaissance is what I'm looking for. Uh, you know, let's 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 go back twenty years. And- Alan, if you go past my fucking road on a motorbike with flames coming out of it, holding video nasty up in the air, man, it's good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> playing playing street bowling. Uh, we we get the lads to move aside in the middle of playing bowling while you fucking drive past on fire, holding up video nasty. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> uh, to all the people of Cork I want to apologise for my, my use of the word street bowls I'm a Protestant from Belfast this is all new to me so apologies <laughs> more than fucking accepted so you've been listening to Alan and Rim from Lugosi lads again thanks a million for coming on the show congratulations on the new album we will definitely see you in fucking Cork either in 2021 or hopefully 2022. It doesn't matter. And let's hear it for a Magnapina and fucking Lugosi tour. It's going to fucking yes, happen. Yes, indeed. It's going to fucking happen. happen. It is indeed. Cheers, lads. <laughs>